0: Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Most of us think a lot about our family's future. That's part of the job, right? And I'm sure you've heard that annoying piece of advice that says, don't buy that latte, invest instead. Well, we went for it a couple of years ago and opened a Robinhood account. To be honest, my husband wanted to cut down on coffee anyway. But you know what? Whatever your goals are, Of course, investing involves risk and loss of principal is possible. Returns are not guaranteed. Other fees may apply. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker-dealer. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third-line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury, and welcome to Unruffled. This week, I'll be responding to a parent who's wondering about her son's, her one-year-old's communication. He seems to be calling out to her in, in a way that uh, she's a little confused about. Before I begin, I want to remind everybody that both of my books are available on audio at audible.com. That's No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame, and Elevating Child Care, A Guide to Respectful Parenting. They're also in paperback at Amazon, and in ebook at Barnes & Noble, Apple.com, and Amazon. Hi, Janet. I've just become acquainted with the Rye approach through your podcast, and it's been a life changer for my husband and me when raising our one year old son. In the past few months, I've been pleasantly surprised with my ability to stay more grounded and connected to him, even in difficult moments, and it's deepened our love and understanding of each other. My son is a very rambunctious one year old, always active and excited about everything around him. I love that about him. However, I have one thing that I'm having trouble with knowing how to handle. He makes a very loud noise, either a, and here she has three M's together, we're all going to have to interpret that our own way, but I'm going to say it's mmm. So either a mmm sound or a very loud screech when he's voicing his frustrations. His face will get tight and he will open his eyes really wide at me as if trying to tell me, I'm not happy. For example, when it's near bedtime, he will start making the mmm sound more frequently. And I say to him, I see you're telling me you're tired. It's bedtime. I will put you to bed. Or when he has had enough food and wants to get down from his high chair, he will make that noise again. And we say, I hear you. You must not be hungry anymore. Let's come down from the chair. But sometimes he will make the noise in moments when everything seems okay, when I don't see any apparent frustration or trigger. And this is what confuses me. For example, I'll be cooking lunch and he'll come near me, open up a kitchen cabinet, it's his favorite play area when I'm cooking, and make these loud noises or screeches. Or when he's playing with his toys and I'm on the sofa observing him or reading, he will make these loud sounds. It definitely sounds and looks like he's frustrated and unhappy, but I can't figure out what's causing this. He usually doesn't escalate into crying, but will continue making loud noises more frequently and louder. I've tried changing the activity or just sitting with him when I see he's getting more vocal, and I say, I hear you. You want me to be near you right now. But sometimes he will still continue making these frustrated noises. Or if I'm busy, like in the cooking example, I will say, I hear you. You're trying to tell me something. I will finish making this lunch and then we can go outside. I try to guess what he's expressing, but I honestly am not sure. The only thing that usually helps is picking him up and carrying him around with me but being a stout one-year-old, it is not always possible or easy. We lead a pretty laid-back, unplugged lifestyle and treat him calmly and respectfully. We even try to resolve any issues or small arguments between my husband and I out of earshot so that he's not subjected to that stress at this age. So I'm honestly frazzled here. Is this behavior okay, and how can I respond more effectively in these moments when I feel like he's frustrated but, but I can't figure him out? Thanks so much for your guidance. Okay. First of all, I want to laud this parent on all the work that she's doing, the communication that she's engaging with with her child, um, her respectful approach, really considering his point of view. All of these things are gold for parents and for children. Uh, They're going to develop, continue to develop an excellent relationship with their child, I'm, I'm sure. I found this question very interesting and wanted to respond to it because I've actually worked with other parents on on similar issues. And this is all about communication. Uh, our child is preverbal at this age. He's preverbal. Although he understands many, many words, he is not saying words yet or very many words yet. So babies will communicate by making crying sounds. Um, sometimes they're actually really escalated into full on crying. And that is a primary mode of communication for babies because they, you know, they can't say words. And so crying means a wide variety of things. And our, you know, our job as parents, it's a big challenge. It was a big challenge for me, is to discern with each cry what's going on. And the same goes with these other kinds of sounds. And the way that we can discern things is by being open to them which means not jumping to a decision about, or a conclusion about what's being said. Oftentimes as parents, our tendency, because, you know, we're so, this is such a tough job, and children are very, very needy. We will sometimes jump to, I hear a sound there, and it looks like it might be frustration or something that I need to fix. And This is something negative because my child is making a sound at me and opening his eyes at me. And oftentimes this is and can become if the parent is, as she said toward the end, I think this is a key point. She said, so I'm honestly frazzled here. So if our child who's just learning how to verbally communicate makes a sound that calls our attention. And they notice, you know, if they make this sound a lot, we kind of get a little frazzled by it. Then it becomes something interesting for them to explore further. First of all, it's like it's an attention getter. So if I want your attention, I'm going to make this sound. But then there's also this curious part about why does this kind of rattle these solid people in my life, these, you know, gods in my life? Why is it all I have to do is go? hmm, And this person kind of Gets jolted to attention a little bit. So that can become something that veers into, I don't know, I guess you'd call it testing, even that our child is just curious about the effect that a sound has. So the way that I would handle this is to walk it back in your mind and really be open to it again as meaning a variety of things that aren't necessarily or probably aren't at all urgent things that we need to address right there. It's just, he's talking. And so if you can perceive it that way, that this isn't a call to action, this doesn't mean that he's terribly frustrated and and upset. It really just is his way of saying, hey, you know, look at this, or what's going on here? I want to connect with you, or wow, I'm saying something to see how you're going to react, because sometimes you react a little Funny to this. So walk it back in your mind all the way to just being open, not letting it raise your pulse, (laughs) an unruffled response, and not really trying to respond, just really being open and just acknowledging. Uh, Let's take one of the examples that you gave. When he's had enough food and wants to get down from his high chair, he will make that noise again. And we say, I hear you. You must not be hungry anymore. Let's come down from the chair. So walking that back, we would say something like, oh, I hear you saying something. Are you saying you want to get down? And then he'll nod or he'll look at you with <laughs> meaningfully or somehow maybe make the sound again. And then you can say, oh, okay, I'd be glad to help you get down. Thanks for letting me know. The key is, as with so many aspects of parenting, the key is our perception. Are we seeing this as oh my gosh, he's unhappy, and I need to do something about it right away, which is going to lead us to irritation and annoyance and frazzledness. Or, oh, I hear you saying something. What's that you're saying? I wonder what you're talking about. Are you talking about this? Are you talking about that? So whatever it takes to be able to, again, walk it back, and then maybe you're you know, maybe it's it's just having that little tune going in your head. I don't know if that helps you, but it would sometimes help me as a parent to just feel like, oh, la, 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 what's happening here? I mean, not saying that out loud, but just for myself so that I don't jump to that place of there's something wrong, I've got a problem, my child's needing something and I've got to fix it. So then when he's making the noise in moments when everything seems okay, she says, and when she doesn't see any apparent frustration or trigger, again, I would not jump at all to that this is frustration or, you know, anything urgent or unhappiness. It's just him talking to you and getting your attention in a way that he knows works. And it should work. I mean, I definitely wouldn't ignore it, but just perceive it as, hey, (laughs) someone saying, hey. So when he does this when you're in the kitchen and he's using the toys in the kitchen cabinet or playing with the kitchen cabinet and he's making loud noises, I would again like pause and just, oh, what's going on down there? You wonder what you're saying and you don't have to urgently respond to each one, you know, each sound that he makes, you know, he could be making a couple sounds and then you could stop and turn your head and say, I hear you making some sounds over there. What are you trying to tell me? I always want to know. Something like that. It really doesn't matter what what we say. What matters is the way we're perceiving it. And, you know, this is uh, on one hand, like, very, very positive, of course, because this is talking. He is talking. He's communicating. Uh, this is an age when children, or maybe even a little before this, they start pointing and letting you know what they're thinking. And, you know, I guess they could point to the door and you could say, oh, gosh, you want to go outside and jump to that. Or we could say, oh, you're showing me the door. What are you thinking about that door? And being open to it, being willing to explore and try to learn more and not jumping to that there's some need here that I've got to deal with. That makes it much more uncomfortable for us as parents when we we perceive that way. So then she says uh, that she says, I hear you. You're trying to tell me something. I will finish this making this lunch, and then we can go outside. Again, I wouldn't jump to that kind of assumption that there's something here that you've got to make better. I would just hear him. Wow, I wonder what you're saying. What's going on with you? And want to learn more, want to know more. This is the way to encourage communication with our child. We want him to tell us everything. It doesn't feel like something pressing on us whenever he opens his mouth. Even if the noises sound a little funny or like whining or, or a little needy, you know, he's just experimenting with his range of, of voices and tones and sounds. So she says, uh, the only thing that usually helps is picking him up and carrying him around with me. Again, that's, I would say, an overreaction to him telling you something. That's making a decision that you've got to make this stop. <laughs> you've got to try to fix this. You know, if you feel if he's raising his arms up and saying, I do want to get up, then you've always got the option. And it's really important to have this personal boundary to say, you want me to pick you up. I can't do that right now. I've got to carry these things in or do something else or I don't want to right now. But I will sit here with you or we can go over there if you want. Um, so we don't have to do things that we don't want to do, as long as we're honest. And we understand that the need for children, sometimes they do have a need for interaction, for closeness, for touch. But that doesn't mean that we have to be picking them up, we could sit down somewhere with them. You know, there's plenty of other ways if we do perceive that as a need, that we can address that need. I think a lot of times as parents, we get caught up in that we do this magical thing. We pick children up and that's the answer to everything and starting when they're babies. But a more helpful response is actually doing less, but being just as responsive so that when our baby is lying down and we, and she makes a sound or she cries even, then we can first say, wow, I hear you. What's going on? Hmm, I think you're a little tired there. You tired? Do you want me to pick you up? And then putting our hands out and opening the door to that communication, coming back. We're willing to open up these conversations with our child and not just try to fix them and cut them short. It's a wonderful way to continue to pursue this very respectful relationship that this this parent uh, is obviously committed to. So I hope that helps.